In this episode, I'm joined by Dressage Naturally Licensed Instructor Shauna Lewis to talk about the challenges students have had with putting horses in training. We'll share stories of when it worked and when it didn't, and we'll give tips for how you can set yourself up for success if you think you do need to put your horse into training. So here we go, episode 105, Horses in Training. I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. All right. Hi, Shauna. Hi, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for jumping on this podcast uh, to talk about this really important topic today. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be fun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this was, it's such an important topic. And uh, recently, Shauna, you know, came to me and she's like, I just keep having people come to me or students come to me and explain, you know, these, this issue that keeps coming up. And so we started to talk about it. And I went, wait, let's do a podcast. <laughs> so thank you for yeah. agreeing to do it here. Yeah. So we kind of held back the conversation a little bit until we got here. So this is going to be uh, a musing and a rambling and a sharing of stories around this idea of putting your horse in training. Uh, but then we're also going to try to organize a little bit and leave, you know, we're going to try to come up with a, a kind of impromptu list of, you know, reasons why it could go wrong when you put your horse in training or send your horse for training, and then reasons why it, it would work because it can work. So are you up? Are you up for this, Shauna? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it. Okay, here we go. Shauna loves being on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So um, maybe Shauna, you can start by just sharing some of the recent stories that made you bring up the subject with with me to begin with. Yeah, so I'll have either students or another trainer will call and and be talking about this. Like they've either, you know, the trainer, say if it's the trainer calling and I'm talking to them, it's like they've had horses in training and they everything's going great and they try to put the horse back with the owner and they seem to set it up right, but then the horse gets back with the owner and there maybe is not enough follow through and then, you know, three, six months later, things are going wrong again. And they don't know they don't know why. And, and now they're with another trainer because of the distance. So they're in a different location with another trainer, and things are going wrong. But then I also talk to a lot of students who like just, you know, they I'm either on the consult calls that we do, and they come to us of what to do, you know, what to do, and where to start, and where how to to get started with your programs and. They've had the same stories. They've put their horse with a trainer. They thought the trainer was good. They thought they did their homework and finding the right person. And then they get the horse back. And the horse is a mess. And they don't know. It's worse than when they sent the horse off. And they're like, I don't know what went wrong. And I don't know what to do. And it was just a horrible thing. And I'll never do that again. And and so it just, yeah, it's kind of um, got me thinking about this. Because it seems to come up quite often. <laughs> and how to help those students, you know. Yeah. 
Um, but, the, you know, what can they do? And maybe they don't need to send their horse to a trainer. Maybe there's other resources out there, like the programs that we have that can help them. And they, and they just thought they needed to send the horse off somewhere. Yeah. 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 I think this is what's tricky about this subject is there's, I can imagine so many different scenarios you know, so it there's not a one answer, like never send your horse to training right. or always get professional training. Like there's no answer. And this is what makes it so tricky. And, yeah. and I think maybe um, there's people who are hearing, you know, quote unquote, good advice, like you should always do it this way <laughs> or never do it this way, but it doesn't fit their situation. So this is where it's so tricky because every horse slash rider slash trainer slash local instructor, you know, sometimes there's four bodies involved, the the owner rider of the horse, um, the local, the owner of the horse, the local trainer, and then the person that they send the, tra- the horse off to. And I was like, four people involved in this, in this horse. Yeah. So yeah, and I think there's another scenario comes up too. I was going to mention, I was just thinking of the, um, you know, the person you know, the, the student or person with the horse decides like, oh, I can't ride for like four months, but I don't want my horse to just be in the pasture for four months doing nothing. And they think they have to send the horse to someone, you know, when maybe they really don't if they set that up really good and they, they go, oh, well, even if I have 10 or 15 minutes with my horse a day is better than sending them off and getting them back a mess. So that was another scenario too that people, that that question comes up too. Should I send my horse to somebody? when when I'm not doing anything with them or they feel like they're not doing yeah. anything. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe we should, um, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of tell some stories of, of particular scenarios that have worked and that have not mm-hmm. worked <laughs> and mm-hmm. just give some examples of the sorts, sorts of things. Um, because I've, you know, I've had scenarios where, you know, I've been the trainer that people have sent their horses to and, you know, and it's, it's worked. And Mm -hmm. there's been times when I've been the trainer that people send it to, and I think it's worked, but that ended up not working. So this is definitely not going to be a student bashing or a trainer bashing session because it's the scenario. We need to look at like, why did these things work and why did they not? So, um, let, maybe I'll, (laughs) cause like, I like to start on positives and end on positives. So I'm going to get a positive in there first, uh, just to, to kind of confirm this is not about bashing the situation. So when I, um, I've, I've always, I've had lots of horses in training and trying to think about like, when, when did it work? I've had horses in training back in New York where like the students were there and I would train the horse, um, a certain number of days a week, and then they'd usually have lessons on it a certain number of days a week. And those tended to work really well, especially the more uh, present the the person was because they were part of the team. They were really involved in it. Uh, but even if they weren't involved, like that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But when I um, first came to Florida and then I ran off and studied with the, the Pirellis for a little bit, I had a student send me, send her horse with me. And she just, she sent it with me. She's like, here, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, huge responsibility. 
And I trained the horse and I trained the horse in a very different method than she was used to because she was just a regular dressage student of mine. Mm -hmm. And now I was doing this different stuff and she trusted me and brought the horse to Colorado. And I put a lot of training into this horse and it was very different. And then when we came back, it was like a happily ever after scenario. And again, what? so she wasn't present, Mm -hmm. but what she did was she was studying this new system. She was like involved. And when I came home, we were together and putting the horse and rider together. And there were a lot of touch points. So that's when I was kind of thinking of the stories of success, that Mm -hmm. was the common thread. Mm -hmm. Like they were, the owners were present. It was um, a team event. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of communication um, involved. And she knew me well. So Mm -hmm. she had done her research and that she had known me for the past, you know, five years or so. Um, So those are, those are some success stories for me. Do you, do you have any success stories or (laughs) so now I know you've got a bunch of ones that you know of because everybody, (laughs) so many of uh, my dressage naturally students end up talking to Shauna. She's like my, (laughs) so she knows all the like, ah, those stories. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was thinking of that story of Carisco. Even though he didn't end up back with his owner, the original owner, he did end up with mm-hmm. an amazing person, you know, and we were able to set that up right. Um, but, yeah, he was a horse that had been passed around through, like, different trainers and was a mess. And there's a video of him in the classroom. When we Very well-known, highly good good reputation highly you know professional dressage trainers yeah yeah so he those are the kind of barns he was in yeah and then his owner contacted me because she had no idea what to do and was told she had to like get rid of him get him out of the barn because he wasn't fit to be you know get you know sold to an amateur so she was kind of at a loss and had to do something so that was when we, we took him and brought him to your place, and, and he just was just misunderstood, right? Like, he was just totally misunderstood and ridden in a way that was not the right way for him, and then being passed around. And, of course, she didn't really know about have the background with the relationship and really, you know, building a relationship, and neither did any of those trainers. But she decided she just wanted to find the right home for him. Even after, you know, seeing him three months that he completely changed. I, I always feel like that was a success story. We were able to like that person, at least she was open to finding another, another place for him. He wasn't the right horse for her, but to someone else, he was like amazing. So I, I love that story of him. And then, yeah, there's other stories yeah. of horses that have come to me. Yeah. Or like other students that have had and they, They've come and I've been able to, well, I think of like the one store horse, um, Charlie, Jackie's horse that she had and she had had him with different trainers and then like had him with me and she came and she kept, you know, she was studying, she signed up for the horsemanship course and they, you know, they just weren't, she didn't have the relationship with him, but they ended up in the end, it was like a great thing. She was able to ride him. He was so such a different horse by the end of like the six months that he was with me, but she put in the, she put in the work too, to come be with him. Yeah. 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 I want to go back to that story, Carisco, because that's, I think, uh, a more unusual story because, Mm -hmm. you know, here's the student who purchased a horse, you know, through the recommendation of her 
the current, you know, the, the current trainer she was with was a mm-hmm. young horse, put it into training. It was kind of doing everything she was supposed to, right? She was following the plan mm-hmm. of right. the trainer. And then it started not working out. So she had another trainer. Oh, that one mm-hmm. got bucked off or whatever too. And, mm-hmm. you know, but right. the, the owner kept following the instructions from her world until it got to the, like, let's send this horse down the road. <laughs> right. right um, yeah. But it, she had, I think what was really cool is she, she stepped back and she could see how things were changing and she Mm -hmm. was able to kind of let go of her ego enough to say, I can see the horse thriving in this situation. Mm -hmm. I know the situation I'm in, like the, she knew the situation she was in and the trainers that she works with, they were good, you know, good instructors, just not for that horse. And she was able to step back and go, I can let that horse go for the, because it's best for the horse. Yes. And uh, I think that's one of the important things is to like, it's a team event and we've got to have the horse's best interests. And sometimes putting that ego aside is hard. And, and yeah, and then he found his dream person and he is the dream horse for this person. Just makes me so happy. Yes. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are gonna be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one-week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. All right, well, I guess it's good to know that it can work. So those are some positive stories. Uh, but let's, let's get into some of the stories where it doesn't work because I think that can inform (laughs) and hopefully help people avoid some of these things. So what, what were some of the stories that, um, were there any specific stories that you have heard recently or maybe not even recently? Well, yeah. So the, the one person that I, um, that I had, I talked to the tra- another trainer in the in their local area had called, and he was having that that same kind of issue. He had had the horses in training, had um, got the horse back. The owner wanted to take the horse home. This has happened a couple times with a few different horses with him, and um, he did everything, set, had it all set up right. But he's you know the horse is going back, and the horse is several hours away. You know, and then things were going great. The owner said things are going great. You know, she's taking dressage lessons on this horse and doing lots of dressage stuff. But, um, you know, fast forward six months later after, you know, she has the horse back and he gets a call from 
the husband. It was like, you have to get, this horse has to go. So she had gotten bucked off. The horse bolted, bucked, and now she's in the hospital. And so um, now they're having to sell the horse. And he, you know, he was like worried about this, you know, wanting the horse to go, you know, make sure the horse is taken care of too. The, you know, the owner is okay. She's home and all that. But the, the whole training situation went wrong. It wasn't the right fit for, for that train, for that horse and that person. And I think maybe part of it was, like you said earlier, like the education for that person, really um, spending the time to learn what this other trainer, when the horse was, it was successful and the horse was doing great and thriving, what, what that system was. And so maybe she didn't, you know, maybe she didn't keep with the, keep with that, that plan. Now she's training with another person that the systems aren't, aren't similar. Yeah, and I, I was curious when the when the fir- horse first went into training with him, wh- why? Like, what was the reason that he first went to this the trainer? Yeah, like, was it that... just for education, or whether was there already a a problem of? Yeah, there were already things coming. <laughs> up. Yeah, there was all, yeah there was already okay. some tension and some things going on there when he got the horse too. So. Gotcha. Yeah, and things started going well, and she was doing great when she came to, you know, be with this horse and and taking lessons with him. And then he he spent the time to set it back up with her and did the, you know, did everything that he thought was right. And it, it seemed to be like working for a while until it wasn't, right? So yeah, and, and that was that was the thing, you know, he was talking about. He's like, I don't know what I what I didn't do or what I should have done or done more of to make make it more successful and so he was feeling bad about the situation yeah and that's a great story of a of a a trainer who really cared and really Mm -hmm. did right they they might have done everything exactly you know obviously they helped the horse the owner was happy Mm -hmm. but it kind of is like the you're like, what's the real problem what's the root because maybe the cause of the of this behavior coming out in the first place that was happening, you know, at home. (laughs) And then it goes to a new environment where everything's taken care of a little differently. The training is good. It's like, we don't know what was the thing that really changed it. So obviously the horse was better in that environment, went home. There was like a little residual positive thing, Mm -hmm. but there must be something at home (laughs) that's, you know, causing that behavior and building it up. And I think sometimes just that change of location, there's everything affects everything, you know? So sometimes just the way they're, you know, how how frustrated are they on a normal basis? Are they getting social, you know, horsey, horsey social time? Are they getting the same turnout? Are they, there's so many factors uh, when you're trying to consider like. Yeah. That's what we were talking about too. When, when he was, talking about that person like there were so many other factors with the horse there in training and even though he set the horse up with a really another really good trainer that he thought would be great for her and the horse you know there's like all like you said all those other factors of of what's going on with the horse and his daily environment Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and i'm wondering like also what are the what what are the warning signs you know because maybe maybe there's warning signs that are accumulating also. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it comes down to 
you know, again, just knowing it's this attitude of I'm going to go put my horse over here and have him fixed. You know, that that's, I think, um, usually not <laughs> a productive way of thinking about it. It's like that horse, there's something wrong with the horse. The horse needs to be fixed. And that person over there is going to fix it. And then when it comes back, it's repaired. <laughs> I think that that's um, a setup for failure if that's the way you're looking at it. So putting a horse in training can be super valuable and it can be a bridge and it can definitely, you know, again, it's a positive thing. But I think if you're not looking at it as I'm going to go fix this thing and then it's going to come back perfect, but to think of this moment as part of this horse's whole experience. And there's so many more other factors. And, and I think if you, if, if, if the owner's looking at it that way, they're not going to come back and go, Oh, my horse is fixed. It's all better. I can go on. They're going to, they're going to be riding it and dealing with it with attitude of, um, I don't know, just a little different. I, I would be probably looking at different things if I knew it might not be fixed. Like that might not even be possible. Right. Yeah. That, that, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. That comes up a lot too. Cause you know, with different people I've talked about, talked to and different trainers that do have a lot of horses in training that they get, you know, and yeah, the owners are sending them just because they want that, that quick fix. Oh, my horse is not jumping the Liverpool or, Oh, my horse is, you know, not wanting to get on the trailer to go to the horse show or my horse starts rearing in the arena. <laughs> like, so, and they just want that fixed so they can do what they want to do with it. But, um, yeah, normally that doesn't seem to, it doesn't, the horse isn't fixed if the horse, if the person is not looking at it in a different way. Right. But the noticing all the little things that are right. Like what, and what else do I have to yeah, change? Yeah. Yeah. And even about themselves, right? Sometimes it comes down. Sorry, there's a... Exactly. Yeah, I'm just there. There's still a tiny delay. So for listeners, if Sean and I talk over each other and then there's a little weird silence, it's because there's a slight delay. But we'll do our best. Um, But yeah, no, I think what you said is right. We've got to look at, you know, everything that was happening when the original problem was showing up and take ownership for our role in creating that problem or, you know, at least not making it go away. So even if the horse goes to the right trainer and everything is done perfectly and the horse is like, oh yes, I see the light (laughs) and they come home. You know, if everything in the original circumstance is exactly the same as it was before the horse left, chances are you're dropping it back into something that's going to help create that problem again (laughs) yeah yeah for sure that's what I was I was just thinking too and and then and again like look watching for all those little things right it's starting to really know your horse and you know what were the things that were causing those issues in the beginning and and now if he seems so much better you've got to be you've got to be paying attention right like you've got to be every day with your horse and in those moments when you start to see the first little thing popping up again it's like, can you notice that and know what to do? So that's where the, I guess the education, right? Like the person really educating themselves and making sure they're a part of the training, whether they're with the horse and the trainer, you know, several times a week, or if they're, like you said earlier, with the lady that's studying a program. So she's learning, you're learning this program that that trainer has 
and now when you come back together, it's going to make it so much easier. You know, I was thinking the other, per, the other example I was thinking about, um, was, um, Abby and her horse, Vujo. Oh, like, yeah. you know, she, I, I help them. I, I just, I think about her even, and she kind of would, when I first started helping her, you know, she had all those lots of different issues with her horse. And then, um, she kind of would work with me a little bit and then she would go work with someone else and things sometimes would get worse. And then, but when she really like started to embrace the program that I, and the relationship part of it and re, and she signed up for the horsemanship course and we started going through lots of stuff with the speed spot course, like everything started to change for her, like, and her horses, like, and it's still like that. She still takes ownership of that. And she's, she put in the effort to do, to do what she needed to do. So sometimes she would go away and I would be riding her horses, but she would still be studying, you know, and learning everything she could. She was in the video classroom and she was in that, that horsemanship course. I just think that's another, like he wasn't necessarily in training with me all the time, but I would, but it was another person, I guess, that really put in the effort of learning a different way to do something and more about the relationship and noticing those little things starting to creep in or show up. Yeah, I, th I think that that piece you said about the ownership is the really important part because, I mean, gosh, this, this was a, a Grand Prix jumper rider with a Grand Prix jumping horse that was kind of out mm -hmm. of control. And, um, and now she rides them bridleless. I mean, she really had a complete transformation. But it was, um, it's, I think so many times students you know, tend to be humble, at least the ones that, that I meet, tend to underestimate what they can mm -hmm. do. And they underestimate the power of their relationship with their horse. And so Abby was like a good mm -hmm. student, mm -hmm. right? It's kind of like Crisco was a good student. She was doing what instructors told her to mm -hmm. do. But I think what one of the biggest things that you shifted in her, Shauna, is and through doing the program, because that's what we we help people do is to empower their mm -hmm. learning is she was like, I'm like, I'm advocating for my horse yeah. now. Like I need to figure out how to have the relationship with my horse that I want. And then she used these tools, but that's a very different vibe than I'm going to try to be a correct student mm -hmm. and take advice from here and advice from there. And like somebody has to go deep into their horse mm -hmm. and say, this is a relationship mm -hmm. and I am committed to this relationship and I'm going to learn. So I, I think it's that mindset shift that has to happen first. Like this is like me and my horse, like we are a partnership and I might not be able to do X, Y, and Z. I might need help with a trainer to learn this or to advance my horse past this stage that I've never trained a horse to do. But that attitude of like, we're together on this and I'm here to help help you, which is what Carisco's owner ended up doing. Yeah. She shifted from, I'm just an obedient student to going, this horse needs to be happy <laughs> and he needs this kind of situation and I can't give it to him. So I'm going to go put him yeah. here. Um, I think that, you know, it, that commitment to be the advocate for the horse can show up as, you know, maybe you end up with a different horse or you, the horse feels that connection and you're going to see and apply the education so much differently when you're 
really a partner for your horse. Yeah, I think that's that's it. So and and that see that's when it really works is when that when the owner makes that shift, right? When they're really like advocating for their horse and then they feel the empowerment because that was a thing that came up with Abby um, and it comes up with other students that I've had with horses or just talking to people in general, even like on the consult calls, like they're just like, I just don't think I can do it. I don't think I'm good enough for to, to do it by myself. I don't know how to mm-hmm. do it by myself or like, I feel like I need a trainer. Like then she felt like that so, so much. So, but she got to the point where, you know, through just continuing to learn and doing the programs and taking um, lessons and learning a different way, like then she, like then she felt so empowered that she could do it. And then she looked at it differently when she went to find a trainer that to help her with her jumping, you know, it was like, I've got the part I can take care of my horse. I just need some eyes of watching me as I jump this course or I'm playing, you know, counting strides or whatever it is with her jumping stuff that she needed help with she that was the piece she needed and and she knew she was gonna um preserve the relationship with her horse and she always knew sometimes she got in the middle of a lesson I remember her say with another trainer and they didn't didn't like um honor what she was trying to do and preserve their relationship with her horse and she would just be like no the lesson's over done you know and she wouldn't finish the lesson so you know so she she really I think it's it is that piece of feeling empowered that you you can do this and there are resources you know and trainers out there to find find the right help that can help you yeah 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 you know I think um this happens a lot I think with especially with students who maybe have a horse that um, they spent a little money on or that is like a really nice horse. And and the student thinks, oh, that horse is better than me, (laughs) right? The horse knows. And then um, students, I think it's so important to realize horses aren't sitting there looking at you going, you know, if I had a different rider, I would be so much more advanced. Yeah. Like, they're just not thinking that. They're thinking, if it wasn't for you, I'd be in the Olympics. Like, they're not. They they live in the present moment, and they're just looking at their, their rider going, what do you I want? Know. What Like, what What do you mean? I, yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, and I, I think it's important to say that because if if the person in the moment with a horse is going, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I'm going to say this, but it, I'm probably not good enough, the horse is like, What? <laughs> You know, and then there's disconnect happens and then weird things happen. And that just confirms to the person like, see, I knew I wasn't good enough. But I think the horse just needs us to show up as best as we can and be there for them and not, you know, not underestimate what you can do with the horse. And, you know, and then with that said, I think it's important to one of the, like, if going back to like, what's the root cause, I think one of the root causes of problems when horses get sent out to training is that the selection of the horse in the first place was not really a good match. You know, so I, I've seen so many students buy the, the best quality horse Mm -hmm. or, you know, but it's not the right horse for them. Mm-hmm. And this happens a lot if you've got fancy trainers. Yes. Fancy trainers who compete mm-hmm. 
tend to recommend horses that are fancy and, you know, competitive. And if you are a fancy competitive rider, great, go for it. But, um, you know, this happens too many times. It's the wrong horse. It's never going to be the right horse. It's the good horse for the trainer. And, you know, the trainer then ends up always training Mm -hmm. it, or it's just never enough. The, the, the rider always feels like they're not good enough and it might be just too much horse. So if you end up selecting a horse where you're thinking, I'll just put it in training. Like I would really think hard about that because it can happen. I trained other people's horses and competed Mm -hmm. them, but like, that's something I will really interview a person when they're looking to buy a horse. I'm like, what do you want your life with this mm-hmm. horse to be like? Do you want me to compete it and you're going to be the happy owner on the sidelines? Do you want me to train it ahead and then you can, you're the one competing it? Do you want to be the one riding it every day and I just help you with it? Like, you got to really know because um, sometimes people are just, they're, they're buying a horse that ought to be ridden by the trainer all the time but now they're riding it. <laughs> and it, it's just whatever version of that that can show, the mismatch can happen in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. But I think to, you know, tr- I try to tell people all the time, like buy a horse that you get along with, right? <laughs> you know, that you feel comfortable with and you can trust. Because then if there's like a little training issue, like, oh, I'm having trouble getting the clean flying change, or I'm having a little trouble with lateral work and you need a trainer to come along and like help give one of you a little advance. And then the other one can watch. And now it's easier to go forward to like get you over little training Mm -hmm. humps, but, um, plan on as much as you can buying horses that are instant gratification Mm -hmm. that you can ride now because it's hard enough to learn to ride, even with the horse that's perfect for you. Um, so I think that's one of the things like to not buy horses that you know need to be in training unless you're really um, confident about the process and you have a trainer that really you can trust and that's very clear on your goals um, for that. Training. Yeah, I think that's that's so important because that comes up so many times that in just different discussions too, the horse is just either way too much, you know, way too much horse for the, that person and they don't have the right help for it again, or, you know, just, they don't get along. Like you said, they just don't, it's, they don't click. So I always tell people to like spend as much time when you're looking for horses. I just, I've had a few people lately that will call me and ask me stuff about, they've looked at different horses and, you know, they, they either just really didn't go spend enough time with the horse or they weren't really clear on their goals. Right. And, and, and it just ended up not being, not being a great match for each other, but like, and then another person too, like what you were talking about earlier where they just, you know, they're looking at horses and they think they found a really nice horse that knows a lot and, and has done a lot of stuff and seems to be a great horse. And they were just like, but I'm just not good enough for that horse. Like, you know, and I was like, but if you're going to give the horse a great life and you get along and the horse, you're comfortable riding the horse and you feel safe riding the horse and you're going to have fun, that horse doesn't know that he doesn't, you know, like that he's a grumpy horse and needs to go to or has been going to shows all the time, right? If he's happy with you and you're happy with him, like 
what is it? I mean, because she just was like, but I'm not good enough. I can't ride. And I don't know if I can do this with him or do that with him. But I was like, <laughs> but he's the perfect match for her, really. Because he knows and she can learn a lot on him. But yeah. she just was feeling like inadequate that he needed somebody that could take him to all the shows and go do all this stuff with him. She just wanted a horse like that to be at home with and learn more on. But so it's interesting, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah people, people, yeah, people underestimate the value of a really nice schoolmaster. Yeah. 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 But, now I have another version of horses being sent away for training and have it not working. And again, I'll use myself as the trainer because I'm not going to go <laughs> blame. It's easy just to go, that trainer stunk it up. And that does happen. Um, but I've had horses, um, two <laughs> different horses that um, were put into training with me, knowing who I am and what I do and the partnership and all of this stuff. Um, this, this one came to me, the owner, it was a, a amateur dressage rider and her horse was in good training with a nice reputable trainer. Um, but, uh, the complaints she came with were, um, she was riding in a double bridle and she had to ice her hands mm. <laughs> after each mm -hmm. ride. Like that's how heavy and strong and, you know, just everything was locked up and, yeah, spurs, double bridle, hanging on the bit, all this stuff. And then there were some other issues that I found out later. But anyway, <laughs> so I, I had the horse for several months. And the owner would come and watch the progress. And she um, even, you know, I would give her some lessons on him. And when he left, I was able to go through fourth level tests in the halter. And she rode him in the halter in lightness with a little loop in the reins and like doing, you know, mm -hmm. fourth level stuff. So it was a success and I could ride him in the snaffle mm -hmm. also. I didn't put a double on because who needs a double? Mm -hmm. right? You know, why go back to the thing where he had all the, the bad. Um, so huge success. I thought I did it really well, had him for long and, you know, she kept him with me for long enough to get through. There's a big transformation for this horse, took some time. She came and visited. She spent several days before taking him back and she was, um, she had me out for lessons afterwards, but <laughs> she went back to the exact same trainer, exact same situation. She tried to make the changes, but she was a good student. So now in these other lessons, she was following the instructions of this trainer that she knew, like, and trusted also. And um, so the, the bit went back on for sure, but I, I expected that. And that's why I made sure he was okay in the snaffle. But the noseband, which I didn't ride in, now the noseband got put on. And then it put on tighter. And then they wanted to do some shows, so the double bridle went on. And the next thing you know is now the horse does not tolerate. So he was kind of insensitive when he came and now he saw the light and now he was intolerant of that kind of riding. So it's like, oh, the tongue is going out. The tongue is going over the bit, the tongue, you know, when the double is in the mouth. So things got tighter and pretty soon they're right back. So he locked up, got defensive and she's back holding a ton of bricks. And it just breaks my mm -hmm. heart. <laughs> 
because there wasn't the right kind of follow-up. It just, she wanted to go back in that world and wanted to show. And for her, that was more important than everything. And so the other horse that I rode very similar, it was a bit of a challenging horse, really strong-willed mare. And um, she was kind of the last horse that I, I transitioned to riding bitless. I was like, she was a holdover. I'm like, well, this one, <laughs> this one maybe I need to still use a bit. But I finally got her bitless and she was going fabulous. I could ride her with a bit, without a bit. She was wonderful. She was pretty bold and would kind of choose her direction sometimes. So I got her. She was just lovely. Went back to the same situation, same trainers. And now she she started rearing and she had never reared before. And of course I was blamed for teaching the horse to rear. And I'm like, she's intolerant. Like once they see the light, sometimes when they go back, they're like, okay, I used to tolerate this. And now I see that there's a difference and I'm not going to tolerate anymore. So there's one where, um, yeah, I was the trainer they sent it to. And I would say it was successful. The owner could ride her and do everything I said, but went right back to those original circumstances. And now the horse was like hell's nose. Mm -hmm. And um, they solved it their way and I'm sure they got her all zoned mm-hmm. out again yeah <laughs> able to tolerate whatever it is they were doing yeah, yeah that happens <sighs> and that's one of the reasons I don't like to take horses in training anymore right <laughs> I know right I was, as you're telling that I was just thinking that yeah that happens a lot of the times right like the horse you know is in training and you're with you or a good trainer that's like um changing so much stuff right and then they go back and they won't they don't tolerate that stuff that's happened a few times and I was thinking to the horse Garth that I have now um you know he I ended up helping yeah like helping him that they came to me and they he had so many issues when they first got him like bolting and running through fences he was an event horse you know, jumping out of arenas and just so nervous, like couldn't even like stand still the mounting block, just a nervous wreck and um, started helping them with the horse. And he, he, everything changed. It took about a year, but like, because she was learning, put, putting in the work, but she really did the work and did her homework, signed up for the courses and was doing the courses and everything um, was changing. And then she unfortunately moved away. And now the horse is, with um with the aunt that had purchased the horse and and she's an amazing person too and wants the best for the horse then i had some circumstances right so i had to go away and couldn't be with the horse and now the horse ends up going back into jumping training but with really not the right person and he went backwards he went like all those things started showing up again and um but then, but I have to give it to Katrina. Like she was trying to find the right home for him and, and do the right things for him. And she took him, pulled him out of that training and just brought him home back to her place. And then eventually like I was back with him and then she decided to, she was going to find a home for him. And then the more she thought about it, she was just like, he loves you. And, and now he's with me. So all the time but he but he went through a lot of things right like (laughs) I couldn't resist but he was like but I have to give it to her like she really was the the right person for him was more important than selling him to the wrong person and opening him back up to that same kind of 
like they have heat, you know, yeah. to be in the wrong place. It didn't have the right. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was really interesting with her because yeah, her, I mean, she loved the horse and she's wanting to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. She could see how well he was going with you, but like when you weren't there, weren't able to train him, um, even with all that, her tendency was to, well, let's go back you know, I'll sell him as a jumper. Mm-hmm. Here's the jumping person I know. And he went back to the familiar. But this is what humans do. We always pick a familiar mm-hmm. problem, mm-hmm. right? So she's like, well, I'll just go back there. But then, she, you know, she could say, I was like, oh, now he's going mm-hmm. backwards again. Then he's back with Sean. He's good. Then he goes back there. Mm-hmm. He's not good. It's like, but she saw the light. Mm-hmm. She wasn't blaming the right. horse. She was going, oh, here's these circumstances. And the horse is completely mm-hmm. different in one than the other and again it's nothing that trainer might be very successful with other horses but for that one it wasn't so well i think um gosh we could trade stories all day but um (laughs) let's see if we can kind of you know i i kind of made two lists of like reasons putting a horse into training goes wrong and then reasons that putting a horse into training can go well and I, i think we've we've covered Mm -hmm. a lot of them but um so we you know covered the wrong horse to begin with thinking it's about fixing the horse um i think that the researching the trainer you're sending them to i think this is a huge important piece because a lot of times trainers will have credentials and they'll be the best you know in quotes trainer in the area or they've won the most stuff and you and people think oh that's a successful Mm -hmm. trainer I'll put my horse with that person, but to, you've got to like really understand who the trainer is and exactly what they Mm do. Cause trainers tend to specialize in, are they foundation trainers? Are they polishing competitive success trainers? Are they instructors as well as trainers? Are they, you know, what, what kind of horse do they get along with? Oh, this one likes them real fiery or this one likes them really, you know, Mm -hmm. quiet, you know, everybody is different and to take the time to don't it's not just like i'm gonna you know send my car to the mechanic it's who is that person what's the what are their principles and priorities go there talk to the other students you know really understand who that trainer is and what what they do and then kind of tied to that is exactly what are your goals because if, you know, the train will just like, yep, I train horses and it'll go in the line and it'll be trained to do what all the other horses do. But maybe like you don't want it sharpened up for competition. You don't want that kind of horse. You want it to be safer to ride. And do they do they do mm-hmm. that? You know, and how much will they talk to you? Because if the trainer's just like, shut up and give me the horse, right. you know. You might want to pick a different one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've seen people going, oh, well, that's, yeah, that's the best credential trainer in the area. Is he's won so much. It's like, oh, is that necessarily the yeah. one you need? Yeah. And there's so many times they tell, you know, I've heard the story of like the person since the horse of training will, you can't come for the first two months, <laughs> you know? So why did, you know, you always think about that too. Oh, like yeah. if they don't want you mm. there, then there, there's something that could be a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think that is a red flag because yeah, I mean, when I was a trainer, I mean, I, everybody was on top of everybody else. Like every did, everything you did was out in the light of day. And if it can't be, you know, that's a red flag. Now, having said that, I know that sometimes 
people don't understand the process, but, and there's trainers who are not instructors. Mm -hmm. They don't really like talking to the people, mm -hmm. but I think unless you're just going to send your horse to be fixed, you are a person who's advocating for your horse and you probably need someone who's willing to be part of the team. And the goal is presumably that you and your horse get together and the end for the most of the people that I work with, it needs to be a trainer that can talk to you and, and it's okay to look. Now they might have rules of like, don't ask me a million questions in the middle okay. of the session, <laughs> you know, like it's fine. Like just, but you know, you can observe and there's, it's perfectly fine that there's some days that the barn is closed and that's just private mm -hmm. time. So the trainer can be in the focus zone and they don't, you know, they don't have to explain everything. And there are some ugly moments in training, even if you're doing things mm -hmm. right. But for me, if it's going to go back to the person, mm -hmm. I need to be able to explain those mm -hmm. moments. And, you know, if I can't, you know, what am I doing? There's a mismatch. It's like a, it is, like you said, it's mm -hmm. a red flag. Right. <laughs> and listen yeah. to that. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Local instructor not matched with the trainer. Yeah, that's something that I have under the <laughs> reasons it could go wrong. And if it's a good match, it can be a reason why it could go really well. So if there's a local instructor, they're part of your team and we need to match. Sometimes people send their horse to training with like a big, aggressive, strong person riding. And then everything at home is really light and fluffy and tiny. Right. <laughs> You know, and and so the, the horse is trained to deal with a big, aggressive, strong rider. And then it goes back to light, fluffy people, like fluffy, petite mm -hmm. people. So you've got to um, make sure that the whole team is is a match. Yeah. And to not be afraid to bring a local instructor into it. Again, if they're not willing to talk to you about it and they're not OK with, hey, I put my horse here and it's learning it's xyz and then we're going to come back and here's what worked here's what didn't if they're going to have an ego problem with that um that's a red flag i think yeah i would think so too yeah oh yeah or if you trust your local instructor and they're going uh, i don't think you should put it with that trainer like talk about it find out why listen yeah, yeah i um i asked my my neighbor who's a a dressage trainer right before doing this i was just like because she has horses in training in all different mm -hmm. circumstances like you ever have this happen you know you put it in training and then it stops working and she's like oh all the time i was like well what's you know what's the difference and she said the difference is is that the the owner has to be really um, engaged with the process and has to plan on um if they're planning on going solo with the horse, that they they plan on a long integration period at the right time, yeah. where it's like the the owner watches her ride and train the horse, and then the trainer warms up the horse, and then the owner gets on, and then the owner warms up the horse, and then the trainer maybe tunes it up afterwards, or it goes well, and then. The train, the owner rides the horse in the vicinity of the trainer, and then the owner rides it some days on its own, with, and then reports back to the trainer, and then those periods get longer, longer than they can go off. But I think that integration period was the thing that she highlighted, and I think that's really 
smart because even if it's the best match of the horse and the trainer and the plan and all this, if you don't integrate it, you know, who kn- I had a horse that did that. I, tr- I had this horse for six months, I think. And I had a whole integration plan for it. And then the owner called up and said, oh, the shipper will be there Tuesday. I went, wait, what? (laughs) She never saw me do anything. And this is a horse that was unstarted. And then I started it. And, um, you know, it was interesting to me. Yeah, I know, right? That they didn't want to know yeah, Anything. I've heard that's come up too with other people. You know, yeah, they just want to yeah. send it off and think that they get it back and it's just going to be able to, yeah, and they don't want to put in the effort. And that's when, it, I mean, that's when it falls apart again too, right? So the person, again, it goes back to that the owner ha- needs to really be involved and invested in, in um, yeah, following up and, and that plan of what's going to happen after. Yeah. 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 And I think it comes down to like remembering to see it from the horse's perspective, right? They're like in this world and then they're plunked in that world. And, you know, who's going to help that be a smooth transition? And, and, you know, the other thing, one other thing I put on my list was um, to have it successful is to, to make sure you're meeting the horse where he is. Yes. Um, I've seen, I've seen horses come in, like for me, um, if it's a dressage horse and then it comes in for training and, and I do my, you know, bitless and sort of renaturalize it and focus on the relationship, it would be really easy for me to have that horse come in and I could do exercises where it would be a complete failure mm-hmm. and I could be like, oh, this horse just knows nothing. And it's not true. He doesn't know nothing. He just doesn't know my language, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, to be able to make sure you're picking trainers that can take the time to understand what the hor- where the horse is, what is he used to, and ease him into it. You know, I don't just take a horse that's trained more traditionally and start doing all my all my funny stuff with them. Like I I I meet them where they are as much as possible, and then I say, okay, let let me give you this piece. If if here's a problem, let me let me see if I can give you this piece. And um, I think that happens a lot. Traditional, you know, the rider buys a maybe a dressage horse to mm-hmm. learn on, and then they're having it's a little antsy at the mounting block, so they send it off to a cowboy mm-hmm. natural horsemanship trainer, who then you know rides it bitless starts flapping things around. The horse is 12 years old. It's never seen things flapping around. Yes, we need to address it, but it it's like, oh, this is a problem horse. Like, no, you just completely, you know, rocked right. his world. Yes. You know, and the same thing happens mm-hmm. the other way. You know, a, a person who's like done natural foundation and did their horse bitless and they do all this stuff and they take the time and then they send it to a, it's finally ready for a dressage lesson. They send it to a trainer and all of a sudden it's noseband, it's got a noseband on, it's tightened, it's got draw reins, it's got, and the horse is like, what yeah. the heck? Yeah. <laughs> so I think to really see it as, see it from the horse's perspective, you know, really look right. at it and you know, every owner has to be the horse's advocate. And if you don't know how to be their advocate, then you, then you need to ask questions and think about it a little bit more. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, that was a, 
we had plenty to say about that, huh? Oh, I know. Yeah. And you could <laughs> go off and talk for days like about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think if we, you know, if everybody's wanting the best for their horse and you pick trainers who also want the best for the horse, it can, it can mm-hmm. work, you know, but it, there's, there's nothing magic about sending your horse away to, you know, a cowboy or a dressage trainer or whatever it is. Like it's, I wouldn't even think it about like that. Like don't send it to a cowboy, send it to a particular yes. person who's going to do a great job with exactly the problem they're having in such a way that it helps you meet your ultimate goal with your horse. And you've got to know your ultimate goal with your horse and make sure you articulate that to your prospective trainer. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, I think that's so important, right? Figuring what are your goals and what do you want to do with it? And, and if, if you're wanting to trail ride and, and, and just have a nice, safe horse that maybe you can learn a little, you know, dressage on, or you can do this thing on, like, you, you know, I mean, I've heard people then they've sent their horse off to a Liberty person that trains with, you know, and is doing Liberty with 10, 12 horses at a time. And then that horse is, that person's only focusing on that, on Liberty with that horse. And that's not really what the person wants to do with the horse. They want to ride their horse and do trails. <laughs> so that's like, you know, so it's really knowing like, what's your goal, yeah. right? What are you really clear and, and making sure that that trainer and instructor can align with those. And like you said, it's not just a cowboy or a dressage yeah. trainer. It's a particular person that could help you, but figuring that out first. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if anybody um, needs help with any of this, I mean, this is what we do here is we really try to empower students to be the best advocates and partners for their horses. And if you go to the dressagenaturally.net's uh, contact us page, You'll see on that page a place where you can book a private consult. And if you click that button and book a private consult, you actually get yeah. Shauna. And that's um, one of the things that we love to do is just talk to people no matter where in the world they are. And we'll talk to you and be like, hey, what's going on with you and your horse? What's working? What's not working? What's the situation? We're happy to help you make decisions. Um, and it's what we do in our courses um, you know, just as we go, there's plenty of people in, in our courses who ride by themselves, or they also have an instructor, or they also have a trainer. And we help kind of mediate, <laughs> or help them help students navigate that. And we help them know when they don't need that other trainer, and when they need a different instructor, or when they do, and some of the instructors get really into this whole thing. And we actually help put the team together. So if anybody's intrigued by all this or can relate to any of the challenges like dressagenaturally.net and then the contact us page and look for where you can book a private consult with yeah. Shauna <laughs> and, and we discuss it too. So if there's anything that's like a little bit, you know, confusing, then Shauna and I talk about it too. So you get the whole yeah, team. That's great. But, um, well, thank yeah, you, Shauna. Great. Thank you. If this episode resonates with you, Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email 
or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process. <laughs>